Go. Josh Noggle. All right. Yeah. CX Noggin. CX Noggin. Yo, somebody asked me, <clears throat> um, you had named one of your rides uh, something on Strava. You you call it, You referred to yourself as Picante Poppy, I believe. Yeah. How come you don't go by Picante Poppy? And, and should that be your new nickname? Maybe. I mean, I really, I usually don't deem my own nicknames, but it, I called it that because I just come back from Ecuador and living in a house where everyone only spoke Spanish. I had an entire lunch with the host mom through Google translate and what I knew from high school. It was an amazing experience, but it was actually also very exhausting. One time I was sitting in that room and I was like, I just need to be around people that speak English. Cause you're obviously trying to be extra friendly, super nice, muy simpatico, da, 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 da. And my brain was just hurting. I was tired. I was like, this is so difficult to just talk and like hang out. So Picante Poppy, yeah, it's a little long, but maybe. We'll keep working on it. We'll, we'll workshop it. This is a good starting point. It's just, it's just what people, it all depends on what people call me, right? It's not like I, don't, I can't pick my own nickname. I'm not a rap. Maybe I, I think I wrote or... down a nickname for you, dude. Come on. <laughs> Oh, you know what it was? No, it was going back to uh, what I wanted to say was house dog in the house. Ew, gross house dog. Get out I know of you don't. I know you don't like house dog. I still like house dog, but uh, uh-uh. it's not a nickname. It that's like that's like a nickname from 1988 or something. When people said dog, and please don't say it's D A W G. Oh, now it is. <laughs> Nah, I'm past. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, uh, okay. So we need to remember to do chapters. Yes. And the first one is going to be, I'm going to pick a sponsor. This actually isn't a sponsor. I need trade coffee to be a sponsor, but some people had messaged me and said, I didn't actually think I was going to get free coffee from that link. I, I don't, <laughs> it's just like the guy in the discord, Nick, that I know who said, I finally tried Lactigo. That stuff actually works. And I was like, dude, I, why would I put my name behind something and literally tell a thousand people about it and then have people like, hey, I bought this $30 bottle. It doesn't work at all. I actually care about my reputation here, people. So when somebody said, I actually got free coffee from that link, I said, D- what did you think? He's like, I don't know. I thought there was going to be some like trick to it. I was like, dude, I'm not going to say, I'm not here to like give people links and trick you. So if you want free coffee, literally from trade, they have I don't know how many roasters. That's where I get all these IG coffee picks. Click the link. It's your bag is free. They end up giving me, I think, a $2 credit or something. I just want people to have free coffee. This stuff is amazing. So I just ordered some Gucci coffee for the Evoke Florida weekend, which I'm not trying to create FOMO, but a lot of people from Evoke are coming down here. We're going to have a week of rides. Where are you staying? How far away are you going to be from here? That's actually a really good question. I've been meaning to talk to my buddy whose place I'm staying at as to where. I, I think I'm further north than you guys. Okay. But we were going to, I think the plan is to ride to you. Just that we'll get like a little extra riding in. So to, we'll be at like the startup. Which I, I want to make be, sure I finish the day with most mileage though. So let me know how many miles oh you're doing extra so I can yeah, yeah, either yeah, leave a little sure. earlier or. <laughs> so wait, you're going to ride to meet us at six? I think that's the plan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We were probably going to start at 5.15, so. 5.15? Okay, No, I mean, just if you're going to be leaving there at 5.30, we got to be a couple. I don't like people getting these bonus miles on us. We don't want to look like chumps down here on the south side. 
Well, bro, I'm. I will definitely not be telling you. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> upload it. Well, I'm Patrick, gonna upload we're, it. Patrick, we're leaving at four forty-five just to be safe. <laughs> I can't wait. I was gonna say that I'm not gonna upload any of my stuff to Strava, and then at the end of the week, you're gonna be like, "Oh, dude, he did like a whole extra day." Yeah, I'd be. I would actually be pretty jealous about that. Yeah. Anyways, no, I'll be dead anyways. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be nice base miles. I was talking to Tom about that, you know, chill and something I need. I'm, I'm actually doing a bike race next weekend. Oh, nice. Where's this? There, Lake Okeechobee. I don't know how I stumbled. I was trying to think of why I was on bike reg and they had a race an hour and a half away from here on January 6th. I said, why did nobody go to this? It's a, obviously going to be a super small field. It's really more like fours and fives, but a couple guys, I think from Amino Ripper up there, the first race of the series was 50 miles this next one is 70 so i'm like oh we're actually doing a legit road race in january so we'll see how that plays out i mean i think that i've had enough base from before i went to ecuador and then it's been a month since the race ended and really been riding mostly base get another week in with you guys do one race i don't think it's too bad of an idea but i guess we'll find out I got a question on that, but I want to ask you first. Can you hear the dog? There's dogs barking out back. Can you hear that? Nope. Okay, good. Um, so I I know someone who races for Amino Rip, and I saw him. He posted some photos from um, Instagram. I thought that race it could be it could have been a different race, but it looked like a crit. Or is it? Um, is it like a? Is it just like a? It looked like it was on like a um, like a racetrack. I hope it's not. I don't okay. think it was. It could it could have been a different who posted, thing. Who posted the pictures? um it was on amino rip i don't know oh. yeah it might but that's the thing it might not be it could have been a different whole different race or something hmm. but what, what caught my attention i was like oh my god these dudes are already racing it's january there's swamp classic is the first weekend of february and then it's actually unfortunately the same weekend as dude doing these chapters is really hard during this i'm like trying to type and think i can't do it um is the same weekend as tour South Florida. And so it's already promoters trying to fight out for the same weekend. I forget who moved on whose weekend. I really don't care because tour South Florida changed into three crits. So, Oh, I'm getting more into crits again this year, which is very weird. Um, I don't know where this came. I think it was maybe the year off of crits actually got me more excited for them. Staying committed to not doing pro, it's not NRC anymore. No USA crits just because it's not, it's a little too hectic for me, um, but one, two crits I will do or pro one, two, whatever. But we're thinking about going out to Tulsa and need to decide because registration opens in a couple of days for that. And even if, so if I went to Tulsa, I would do the one, two, I wouldn't do the pro one. I don't like racing at night and I'd actually like a chance to win. If you don't get a good start position, you're going to be riding behind. You're not even going to be able to get up behind Legion. The race to the race kind of is, yeah. I don't know. I was actually just talking to someone and they were talking about doing some USA crits and they're like, yeah, I, I don't know about racing under the lights. It'd be so much fun. And I was like, dude, go do the one, two. That's like, that's a super competitive field. Oh yeah. And it's a good way to just like, I mean, I haven't raced one of those USA crit races, but I'm like, it's a good way to test the waters. And I'm like, if you do well, then you do the, the, what do they call it? Is, the, is it the pro? Is that what you refer to it as? Like the other one? Yeah. 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 
And it's just way, way different. It's way faster, way more teams, way faster. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things out of my comfort zone of speeding corners. Also, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but there is that idea that from mostly younger people, like, hey, if I win this race or if I get this top 10, this is going to put my name on like the list of big riders. And while that might be true for American racing, you know, it's not like you're getting this crazy contract from it, but people will race and do crazy dumb stuff, which is what I've said before. Like, you know, people love to make fun of masters racing, but there's just way more respect of not doing dumb stuff in a race. that's going to create a crash. And you know, a lot of people are way more comfortable with crashing than I am. I have no problem saying that I hate crashing. And so having a race where I, I feel like there's unnecessary ones because of actions of people just trying to like chop a corner to move up one spot at the wrong time is like, I, maybe I'm just too old. <laughs> so dude, it, go ahead. What, what I was gonna say there, dude, in regards to, sorry, and crashing and cornering is those dudes who do well are the guys who do the whole series and been doing this for years, you know? I'm saying not to say that you or anybody else hasn't done crits, but those guys are super comfortable. You know, oh, it's yeah. like really bumping shoulders and, you know, going 35 miles an hour through these corners. Mm-hmm. It's just different. It's a different style of racing. Different style of racing, huge skill set, just not what I'm good at. And so I, I know my lane and I, those had never been fun for me. So it was more frightening and it was actually really nice to hear Lucas Burgoyne talk. Like, oh yeah, it's scary as hell in those last couple laps. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm not a thrill seeker. I'm like, I'm in it for the like fitness Watt side and I'm okay with technique being a part of the race, but not the like, I'm everyone's scary or scared. So, you know, whatever. Turn 40 on Monday. Well- Oh, wait, you, you do. Oh, dude. Happy early birthday. Well, yeah. Happy early birthday. It's been some really good reflecting time. Uh, in my thirties, I rode 140,000 miles. So I'll definitely beat that in my forties and yeah, pumped. It's been, yeah, it's been a, it's a rainy day here today and tomorrow I'm going to do a nice ride, celebrate getting back into my core. I've been kind of slacking on my core and need to eat a little bit less bread. I think I've been eating too much bread. So are you going to do anything special? Is it going to be like a 400 mile day for 40 or something? No, it's going to be like a four hour ride. Just normal. I don't go too crazy for birthdays. To me, it's sort of just another day. I think that this one feels different. It's actually coupled, I think, with Ecuador. Ecuador was some really good reflecting time and being gone for so long. And, um, you know, I don't know. P- Pedal's been to the metal the past three years. As Oh, Evoke just turned three. Congratulations, everybody. If you're listening to the podcast. Thank you for being a part of this. We actually have five good podcast questions that we need to go over. And, you know, uh, just whether it's recording or blogging or athletes or helping new coaches figure out how they're doing all the stuff. 
it, there's just been so many things going on. I think being gone in Ecuador was a really good pause. And then I messaged my buddy about turning for like, dude, this, did it feel different? Does it feel? And he's like, well, halfway there. And then I said, but not even really, because one through 20, you're just trying to figure yourself out, like get things going. And then 20 to 30, still doing a lot of dumb stuff. Not really in the best groove, at least for me. 30 to 40 was awesome. But when I turned 30, I actually said, I can't, I'm, I don't like the term can't wait. You always got to wait. I said, 30 is cool. But when 40 hits, some big stuff is going to pop off. And so it was like 10 years to get everything together. And so much happened. I mean, I came 10 years, it's like moved to Tennessee, moved to North Carolina, Florida, rode a ton, raced a ton, traveled a lot, got married, bought a house, da, da, da. So I think just a lot of reflection time that feels like a launching pad to the next 10 years that it'll be weird to turn 50, but 40 is going to be off. If I make it till tomorrow, you never know. I could get struck by lightning tonight. So don't want to jinx it. Nice evoke sweatshirt, by the way. Thanks, bro. Got the ducks. Got my don't nice. let us off the front t-shirt on okay let's get into bikes let's a do minute, it minute 13 chapter sorry guys we're trying to make chapters for you guys so hang on i gotta sneeze Let's go. Woo! could you hear that do you yeah that was a, that was a loud one man <laughs> 13 10 sneeze okay 13 35 <laughs> first question um, can you hit me with guidance for young athletes or anyone thinking they want to someday pursue coaching? Hang on. Excuse me. It's not COVID, I promise. The last you, bro. Yeah. Dude, one of us has bad Wi-Fi. You're like frozen. I think it's you. I'm, I'm, I don't think it's me, dude. I'm telling you, I'm good. I'm it's the usually, only one on the Wi-Fi right now. It's usually always you. So I'm just oh going to point the finger. <laughs> just blame Josh. Damn, we should have had a we should have a t-shirt on Evoke. <laughs> Blame Josh. Blame Josh. Oh my God. Actually, yo, that one would have sold out though. You know it. It would have. So they actually can't sell out. It's unlimited. Okay, guidance for young athlete or anyone think they want to someday pursue coaching. I really like this question. You want to jump in or do you want me to jump well, in? One thing I want to say before I say anything is listen to that podcast I that I just did with Josh Hunt and Alex Sankovic. Josh is Alex's coach, but he is a coach for Neo Pro out of um, England, mm-hmm. and he like specializes in like newer riders, what at guy, guys and girls who have aspirations to be professionals. Um, and we talked about a bunch of stuff, and he's super knowledgeable there. And check out his website. But um, but yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that he touched on is just like. So wait, what was the question again? <laughs> advice, <laughs> advice for younger athletes, right? No. See, that's why I was like, you're going down the wrong path here. I know. Guidance for the young athlete or anyone thinking they want to someday pursue coaching. Gotcha. So I don't know if that podcast is specific to that question. Still well, sounds like a great topic to listen yeah, to. Yeah. Guidance uh, for the young athlete, for sure. Um, okay. So guidance for the young athlete, I would that say. wants to pursue coaching. Oh, I thought it was two separate questions, bro. I don't think so, bro. This timestamp well, no. guidance for the young athlete or anyone thinking that they want to someday pursue coaching. Gotcha. Okay. All right, all right. We restart this episode or no, we this, go here? this timestamp is Josh is confused. Okay. Timestamp <laughs> 1335 WT blame Josh. 
Yep, exactly. And then 1550 athlete that wants to pursue coaching. Okay, go. Do a bunch of research. Get online. On what? what? Research on what? I would say on everything. Anything that interests you and things that you think are wrong, things that you think are right. Training techniques. Uh, See what the pros are doing. See what their coaches are doing. You know, research why they're doing it. Reach out to them. See if you can get a hold of somebody. You know, not everyone makes themselves available like we do, but I'm sure there are plenty of other coaches. Send them an email. And to that note, send us an email, send us a message. If you never, if you do not get us a reply from one of us, something went wrong. There was a guy that submitted something for a PFA and on Instagram, he said, Hey, by the way, you guys never hit me back, blah, 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 blah. And we dug into it and things, communication got messed up. You will always hear back from one of us. So if you message us and somebody props to us, somebody said, I can't believe you actually replied to my email (laughs) again, similar to this to the free coffee thing. I'm like, well, why would we tell you guys to message us? if We don't actually want messages. We're here to try and help people. I, I agree with your answer. I would just say the, even the better thing could be, if you want to get into coaching, find one of your buddies that doesn't have a coach and say, Hey, you want to coach each other. And if they don't want to get into coaching, maybe you just coach them, see what they're doing, see what you would change, see how they respond. Also remember that coaching is not just a training plan. Coaching is, learning how to understand the other person's goals, what they really want to get out of this. What are they good at? What are they bad at? Communication preference. Like there's a lot of small things that I never really realized about coaching until I started doing it. And I'm actually really glad that, you know, pivoting and going full time, I've gotten even better at it because I think more about coaching in general, as opposed to just making someone faster on the bike. So it's a huge can of worms. And I think it was Jim Miller that had made the comment of, you know, there can, there are so many different types of coaches, whether some people are really good at the science side of things. Other people are really good motivators. Other people are, and he rattled off like five different things. I think being able to wear different hats is an important part of being a coach. But at the end of the day, I think being a, you got to know, you you got to be right. I personally think you got to be riding. You got to be training. You're never going to be, you're not going to be current if you're not doing this stuff. And so continue to train. I think you should have a coach and continue to learn, but try out what you're learning on one of your friends that's open to it. I mean, that's how I got started was I think I charged 50 bucks because there was a couple people that, that I didn't know. And I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And I would actually say, I actually think that that's actually better because you want the other person to have some skin in the game. I, I coached a few people for free when they have no skin in the game. They're not following everything that you do because they don't really care that much. So then you can't learn. You're not learning. You're not getting feedback from them. What am I good at? They're like, whatever. So make it a small fee. That might be better. And on that note, dude, I wanted to say with, with your buddy, maybe it's not even Yes, try out like training techniques and maybe you have ideas, but also dial in your communication. Maybe you'll find that like you think you're communicating really you know, efficiently and effectively and, you're, and your buddy's like, hey, I, I don't understand what you're what you want me to do or if was this good, was this bad? Because mm-hmm. that's key. Like, you know, you can have the, the best ideas for how to get someone fit, but if you can't communicate that or understand what the other person is telling you. Yes. And organization. I've had a couple of coaches that have reached out to me and I'll do it. They'll say, Hey, would you mind if I pick your brain? It seems like you got, you're doing content and you're 
coaching a lot of people and you've, there's seven coaches now. And how do you, like, you're having people email what, and it's organization. It's, you gotta be on it. You can't, I don't want, I mean, I know Tom's busy, but I don't want to email him something to have him be, be like a week later. Like, Oh, I forgot about that. That's not, I'm not in for that. And so I respond very quickly, I think to every athlete. And that's why sometimes it takes me a couple of days to get to these random emails like I read it, I'm like, oof, I need 20 minutes for that, that I don't have right now. Cause I'm also training. So it's, you need to be organized and you need to have a system. And I have, when am I doing So like today it's Sunday, we're recording this. I'm riding on my birthday on Monday, which is usually when I do a bunch of athletes. So I'm going to try and get a bunch of them done tonight after dinner so that I'm not, I hate being behind on athletes. Cause I don't want them thinking like, did you forget about me this week? Or sometimes I'll just email people and say, Hey, like my, my training calendar switched up a little bit. Um, I usually don't, that's why I'm flexible with it. Like getting in on like Monday or Tuesday. So I don't want people to be worried that I miss them. Um, but you can always just communicate with people. Always communication is amazing. Let's move on. 21 minutes. We are at, I know that FTP isn't everything. At what point do you know you're maxed out? Oh, that's a good question. FTP is not everything, but it's important. And I think that you are maxed out when you're 15 years into training, period, the end. Next question. No, uh, I know this person. They've been training, I think, for like 18 months. So the biggest point that I want to get across is that FTP is not like this. And it's not a, for people not watching, it's not just this linear upward slope because at first you might go from 250 to 270 to 280 to 290. And then you might hover there for a little bit. And then you might have a breakthrough to like 310. And then you might hover there for a little bit. It's more stair step. And FTP, the biggest thing is while you're at 290, you go 250, 270, 280, 290. Who cares about the 290? At that point, you're probably doing 275 repeated more often. That's better off for most people in the events that they're doing and then when you jump to 310 you're really more repeating 290 more often that's the that's really nice so it's like i mean i'm 150,000 miles into training i think this past while my 20 minute power it do, does still kind of slowly go up in very weird stair steps um this year i actually thought i might have been able to do 450 for 20 but i fell apart and did 440 something, which I never, ever thought I would be able to do. And I remember the first time I did 400 for 20 minutes, like, holy cow, I don't really care about the 440 number. I just more care that now 420 is more like comfortable and later in a ride, which to me is still like, how is this happening? It's happening because I'm only 14 years training age, you know, like you see these crazy pros that have 20 something years of training in it's i just don't have the my math is going the wrong way because now turning 40 it's going to slowly start to i'm fighting that battle as long as i can but being realistic um i think i probably get slower at 45 maybe who knows but yeah <laughs> I would say you're not maxed out. I don't think you're ever maxed out. You're going to fit. You're going to get better in some capacity related to FTP. And I just wouldn't even worry. I don't, wouldn't even think about being maxed out ever. 
don't have that mindset. No, I think that you answered, uh, I don't have anything to add in regards to being maxed out, but something else to think about is you touched on this is it's just a number, you know, it's just like in like comparing that with other people is like talking about heart rate. You know, it's like, it's, I feel like that number is super specific to a person and repeatability is where it's at and how long can you ride at threshold? And that's actually what's going to lead you towards your goals, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just something else to, to think about. It's like talking about miles per hour where you could be talking about hours on the bike, you know? You made a good point. How long can you ride at threshold time to exhaustion? I did not mention that. So it was a great addition. Okay. Eric had asked Owen's interview and these questions are so short. These are actually through Instagram for the coffee breakaway. And I was like, guys, these are really more bike radio questions. So they're short because I think you have to get it in the sticker uh, lane. So Owen's interview approximately upper limit for heart rate was cut off for zone two for base. Any insight on a lower limit? So I think what he's saying is the upper limit for heart rate. Oh, the cutoff was zone two. Any insight on a lower limit? Cutoff. So like, whoa, okay, so what's the lower limit for heart rate for base period? Yeah, I think that's what the question is. I'm thinking of like a zone cutoff. You're thinking like percent of FTP and like he's thinking like percent heart rate max or threshold heart rate. Yeah. I'm the wrong person to answer this question. I would just say, what's the zone to lower limit of heart rate for you and go by that. But more so the lower limit would be what's go on your recovery ride and ride a little bit harder. That's the lower limit. Like, is it, that's, I'm not trying to be is snide the word. I'm not trying to be like, or is coy the word. I don't think either of those. I'm not trying to be a smart ass, but that's, truly what the lower limb would be and more applicable to that go on your upper limit and dial it back a little bit and that's a nice place to be that middle zone too which i never really preached until the past last year i'm seeing benefits from not always trying to push towards the upper limit and on days i feel good i do ride a little bit harder on days that i don't i don't care (laughs) I'm not going to, everybody knows that push that just a little bit when endurance feels a little too hard. Now I will say this, I do push towards the end of a ride when I'm, if I'm feeling good and I'm riding towards the high end of endurance and then I get to hour three and a half, I'm like, Ooh, it's getting kind of tough. I keep going because I know it's tough because I'm just getting tired. And that's a little bit of like maybe some fatigue resistance or whatever everybody's not going to agree with that. Some And definitely the heart rate people, that's okay. We don't have to agree on everything, but if I'm starting the ride and it's just, I'm middle of zone two, I'm like, cool. So I'm middle of zone two. And that's, that's what we are, are doing. Definitely. I think heart rate is tough. If you, if he's doing like the context of the question, if he's building like a training plan on heart rate, it, it can be a little difficult, but I was saying, if you're going to do this in, you know, addition to power, and I think doing an endurance ride, will help you watching the Watts and then seeing what happens with your heart rate. This would also be like, if you're doing the same routine, if you're riding always in the morning or if you're always riding in the afternoon, if you change those things, your heart rate are going to, it's going to be different. But I was going to say is like, you'll watching those Watts, you'll see kind of what happens with your heart rate. And you can mm-hmm. see like when you, when you're riding lower end of zone two, what happens with your heart rate? Mm-hmm. Which I know like this guy probably already knows this. It's a pretty easy way of answering the question, but um, 
I think that's the best way of getting an accurate read on what your heart rate is like, you know, high end of zone two, low end of zone two. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Chris Niss asks, I'm substituting Nordic skiing for endurance riding a few times a week. Yeah or nay? I First of all, I think it should be yay or nay or yeah or nay, but yeah or nay or yay or nay? Yay. Definitely yay. Why? I think it's a nice, if like, I'm guessing that he's probably, if he's doing Nordic skiing, he's probably in a climate where otherwise he's in Zwift. And I think it's a great way to mix it up. So you're not stuck inside because that stuff can just like mentally, like, I don't think I say this all the time. And I don't, I don't think maybe you've said it in a while, but I think about this mental matches. And it's like, dude, if you're burning those mental matches, always like, if it's tough to be on Zwift and you can get outside and, you know, be in the sunshine and maybe be with some friends and have some laughs, like, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for the friends and laughing part. It doesn't sound like you're training. It sounds like you're jerking <laughs> around, which is what Josh is good at doing. Just kidding. <laughs> sort of. Um, no, I agree. And stealing from Adam Hansen, he said, your heart doesn't know the difference. As long as you're keeping your heart rate up, you're getting that, you know, endurance training in and then do the Zwift when it's, or I shouldn't say, I don't want to say Zwift is in like Zwift racing, but like riding indoors, indoor cycling. Uh, when you can mentally take it. And then also from a podcast we posted, sometimes you got to suck it up and train inside and just do it and don't cry about it. It's there's sometimes it's hard. It's winter. Get over it. I, I have no sympathy since we had no, I'm actually probably grouchy since there was no Zwift when I was in the basement in Rochester for so many freaking winters. You either get it done or you don't. And you just, every winter, just think of spring. And it's just so fun when you come on and you're like, oof, that guy hasn't been riding. You're in for a long day. And it's, I don't even know how the day went because they were dropping very quickly. So not a weird flux, just the truth. Dude, you know, you know what hit home for me? One last thing was Matt Gavero, speaking of the mm-hmm. coughing breakaway. Mm-hmm. He just had a thing on Instagram and he was just like four hours on Zwift. And he was just like, no one's going to do it for you. And I was yeah. like, that's the truth. No one is going to do it for you. Just do it or don't do it. Let's get it done. I uh, and he's in Mississippi where it's you. They you know they have cold some cold temps for sure. Cold mornings, and he rides in the morning. And I think just based on some life things, doesn't always have the flexibility. Like, hey, I'm going to ride at two as opposed to six a.m. And we were talking about that in Ecuador about shedding the clothes and what happens when it's 35 at the start, but it's going to finish at 60. You know, you can be a sweaty mess. And I saw that same picture and I loved it because you just, if you did a four hour ride in, so what year was this? 2010. I did a five hour ride one time and people thought I was nuts. And I said, there's guys that live in Florida that we're going to go race against. They're outside. I didn't do it every weekend. But I, ha- I actually owned a mountain bike. I took a mountain bike out through the snow and I would try to meander over to, I forget what blog has this picture, me- meander over to the canal and try not to die by cars sliding all over. If you don't live in the Northeast and don't know what like a ton of snow is like, it's mayhem. And there's no sidewalks open sometimes. It could be early morning. And if I could get to the canal, if they had plowed it or whatever, ride on that i mean it was just trying to find a surface you could ride on and some days i just didn't have it to ride inside or so yeah ride inside so it was all right, i'm gonna go out on the mountain bike for an hour 
and then maybe I'll go to the gym. I mean, I don't know, figure something out and then be upset that I didn't get a long ride in and get hungry for the week. And so it was more use that experience to get super pumped. Okay. This week I'm doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm doing two hours on the trainer. I'm going to do these workouts. Let's freaking go. And then you just had to hope that you had better weather the next weekend. I mean, I don't know what to tell people. All right. 3215. The last question from this. How do you jump back into training following being sick? Should you jump straight back in or should I ease into it? Good question, Noah. Josh, what would you say? Ease back into it 100%. How would you ease back into it? Let's say you're off for a week. So I actually, I've With had some the ad- flu. You are okay. Day one, you are barfing and pooping all over your house. You've oh got gosh. chills. You're just a mess. Like, not. This is a bad situation. Okay, they, real talk. Real talk. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be worried about your riding. You should be cleaning your house. Yeah. Uh, you got okay. a bunch of feces <laughs> everywhere. Clean that up first. Um. No, like I, I, I've had some athletes come back from some serious colds that we thought were COVID and, um, and just super easy. We went by feel, we went by feel for at least a week. It was seven days of, okay, Hey, get on the bike. If you're on, most of these guys were on, were on Zwift or inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it was just a constant communication. I think that's, that's where it's nice to have a coach, you know? And it was just like, okay, I'm feeling good. Maybe we would do some openers as some efforts Maybe we would ramp up that endurance percentage and then maybe we would throw in like a tempo block, like eventually, mm-hmm. but it was all by feel. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's just get this done. And you know, we'll talk about it afterwards. It was let's back it off. If you're not feeling it and like having that flexibility there of like, and, and the thing is like, you're not going to make any gains. If you're not fully, you know, over this cold, you're just thinking to yourself, you're, you're like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Delaying the inevitable with that cold. You're li- letting linger. I mean, I've, I have, at this point of coaching this many people for a very long time, I can honestly tell you, I have had athletes who will not listen and are like, no, I'm, I'm 80%. I'm good to go. I'm like, you're not good to go. You're still sick. Well, my throat only kind of hurts. And we could have nipped this thing in the bud. And a month later, literally four weeks later, we're still, I'm like almost there. I'm like, dude, had you gotten off the bike four weeks ago, this would have been done in three to four days. But instead you're not getting fit. You're literally just drilling yourself into the ground. And every workout is so half-assed. It's like, well, do we rest now? Well, no, I'm gonna... it's a mess. And I'm only here to help consult with them. They're the boss. It's your riding. You have to take ownership over your training. But every time, and I would put in training peaks, oh, you can tell I'm like getting fired up even thinking about this over and over again. I'd be like, you should be resting. Nope, I'm good. I'm ready to go. this is so stupid why are we having okay good luck i mean can't pull you off the trainer um and you nailed it ease back in usually the first two even if someone takes three days off and they're kind of sick i just say if you consistently train if you take three days off of the bike you feel kind of funny when you come back so i say the first two days just i put in literally just ride go out and ride that's all I want you to do. I don't want you to do a workout. I don't want you to get frustrated if you don't feel funny, if you do feel funny, or if you're not, we don't want to set a number that you're not going to hit. Let's get a W by getting the bike ride in. Guess what? Next day, do the same thing. And then on the same way, like maybe we'll do some tempo. Let's slowly ratchet it back up because if you got over something quickly, I want to make sure that when you say you're fine, you go ride and you're actually still fine after that ride. 
do not jump back in. And then if you have to backpedal a couple steps of where you were at with whatever you're working on, that's totally cool. I think that you're more going to have to retool the schedule because you're planning towards something and you need to reassess, hey, you're back at what, wherever you're at, what weakness were you working on? What strength were you doubling down on? There's That's a conversation that you need to have with yourself and understand where you go forward. And that's why, you know, I, I don't want to promote coaching so much because I don't want people to think this is just a shtick to be like a sales tool. So I've really been more trying to say, go coach with your buddy, go whoever you're talking to about training. It's really important or it's very helpful to have that person. I just want to do this with a guy who he, he's green boxes week after week, after week, after week. And he used to lift. So he might be getting a little aggressive in the gym. He said, damn it. I lifted too much. I tweaked my back. He was off the bike for two or three days and he's new. He's killing and he's new though to racing. And so understand how to get ready for races. So do you think I'm going to be okay? I think the race is in like seven weeks. I'm like, you're fine. Here's the only way you can screw this up is by trying to get back too fast. And what I just talked about. And in a month we're still having like my back still kind of messed up. Da So dude, take it easy. Don't ride, do what the PT tells you to do. And then the first few rides were like, just ride. And then it was, Hey, how that endurance ride go? He goes, I felt good, but not amazing. I said, cool. Don't do intervals tomorrow. Do one more day. Easy. Do a little attempt. And then you're back and running within that week. So ease into it. It's just going to, it's going to help you not only in the short mid, but also long-term you're going to get back to training faster. Think big picture. I got two more things, dude. That was great. I got two more things. Just when you were talking, I was thinking about mm-hmm. if you're in the gym and you, you're taking time off, say you come down with something like you were saying, dial it back. Don't try to go back to that same progression with those same weights, dial mm-hmm. that way back. Mm-hmm. You're just going to injure yourself. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was, um, Oh God, what was it? We were just talking about. Uh, I already lost the second thing. Just, do, just be careful if you're, I don't know. Oh, it was, it was a, it was probably a ridiculous point. You almost but. need like a pen and paper. I, I usually have one down here. I'm like not prepared, but I do that because when I'm doing a podcast with somebody, they say something, I'm like, okay, remember to ask them about this, but I'm still trying to listen. I stuff. know, dude, it came back to me though. It, this, there's a lot of parallels here with injury, dude. So if, if you injure yourself, deal with it. Like you said, go to, go to PT, talk to someone rather than delaying the inevitable where it's like, oh, my knee's a little tweaked. I'm just going to train through it. And then like you're off the bike for a month. Yeah, that's horrible. Oh, if something's, it's like the creak on your bike, it's not going to go away. That I was like, I think it's just going to re-lube itself or it's going to figure itself <laughs> out. Your body's the same way. You need, I, so I posted a podcast about this. So that was minute 3215. Sorry guys, you guys, for these interruptions, blame the people that want chapters. Um, my doing the pigeon pose has really helped my body and it on the bike for longer rides. It's totally loosened up my back and it's gotten me, I think then the stretches that I was doing for like low back stuff, nothing specifically, but stretching glutes and doing some core work. I think it's helped to keep everything loose and I don't really know where I was going with this, but it's the, had I not, oh, that's where I was going. Had I not gone to PT right away, you're also not going to learn all the 
tips and tricks that a PT has up their sleeve by Googling on the internet. They are going to know everything that is specific to your injury. And anytime I've been to a PT, and I would say for probably four major things, my Achilles, this back thing, my knee at one point, um, I feel like there was some, oh, my foot, when I broke my foot. The PTs, I've always been thinking, oh, they're just going to have me some, do some exercise. Like, do I really need to be here? They accelerate the speed at which you get back to normal so fast. And it's so, just do these four things. Go do these five things. Like, it's so dialed. It, go to a PT if you have any issues. It cannot recommend that enough. And that's Dude, the thing, core, mobility, those terms, they're not sexy. They're not things that you can put metrics on. I understand that it took me a long time to buy into focusing on mobility. And I really got more into it when I started lifting because I started seeing myself, my body, like I would squat. I'm like, something doesn't feel like it's not as smooth as I feel like it should be. And it's just really interesting when I was in the gym, I was thinking about this the other day as I was lifting and I hope I could lift with Patrick one day, a year after I'd lifted for a while. And then I think, I can't remember when I was back in Nashville when we lifted or he saw me squat and he's like, damn dude, your form is just so much better. Like you just look so much more natural than when we first started lifting however many years ago. And it's really cool. It's a lot of that has been doing mobility and doing the stretches and all these little things that it takes to be a lifetime athlete of, and when I say lifetime athlete, meaning you care enough about this that you want to have longevity in the game. I don't know what level I'll be riding at in six years, seven years, four years, whatever I'll be riding. I'll be competing at some aspect of the sport. And I still want to try and be my best at, year whatever it is and if you want to have longevity stay injury free but forget just injury free stay at your optimal capability you got to do the little stuff it's the little stuff dude that was like we had that uh craig the other coach craig he made that really good point in the coach's text about you're an athlete way more out off the bike than you are on the bike you know it's only a sliver of riding it's all the other time, all the little things off the bike that add up to you being an athlete. Mm-hmm. He, he said it much better than I did. I'm definitely paraphrasing. No, it was good. It was just like, hey, if you do a two-hour ride, that's one-twelfth of your day. That's all that I see through training peaks. There's a lot more other things. And that's going back to owning your training. That's why athletes need to take ownership over this. You know, coach can only see so much. And so that's why... I rely so much on the communication aspect of things. It doesn't have to be a novella, but tell me how you're feeling that day. Tell me what's going on. And the big picture of just do work sucked. I just went for a ride instead. What the intervals weren't going to happen. Cool. Let's shift things around. How's the rest of the week look? Da, 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 da. It's a conversation. I actually don't know if that's still in the Instagram bio, but it's conversations about cycling. That's a lot of what coaching is. And that's what I look for in my coach. And just got to be able to understand, try and put yourself in that person's shoes and keep them accountable and do the right workouts to get them to their goals. I think that's the, that's the thing. Hey, I got a new topic here. I don't think we ever talked about this. Yoga. What about it? 
have you, do you prescribe? Do you, I know you don't like the word prescribe. Do you, I, I, I use that word. Do you prescribe yoga to athletes? Have you prescribe. done? Have what you, are you a doctor? No, oh my God. <laughs> Blame Josh. Oh God. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to hang out in person. This is going to be so awesome. Um, do I prescribe yoga? I tell, I tell people to do something different on Mondays and Fridays. And I put a little like running icon in and whether it's stretch, whether it's like, I mean, you see it, but I don't give them specific ones because I think that the yoga you should do should be on what you need to, everyone's going to be different. Do you have back? Do you have a tight butt? Do you have whatever, figure that out and then do yoga for that? Because I don't want to give you a circuit that's you know, you might have shoulder pain. So you need to do some like upper body yoga stuff and stretches. And uh, that's something that somebody's going to have to like really dial in and we could talk about it and figure that out, but I don't want to do like a blanket, do these five moves and onward. Although I am thinking that pigeon pose for a lot of cycles is going to be really good and work up to it because of tight glutes. Um, I think it really helps the lower back hip flexors, and if you can't do pigeon pose yet, the moves to get there, if you Googled like what to do before pigeon pose, I think are very valuable in them in their own right. So, mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah, I, I used to be really into it, and I haven't really done very much, and I was having some conversation with athletes about it. Just got me thinking about yoga again. Yeah, I would – I did a class a couple times when I was in Rochester. It's nice. I think – Time-wise, I just don't have the time to get to a class. So I just kind of do my own thing and can find some stuff online. Um, be good. Do you have a – you're a SRAM guy, right? Oh, I'm both. I have Shimano on the road bike, but SRAM on everything else. When awesome you go in 12-speed, the new 12-speed looks amazing. Um, I've heard that it's, like, impossible to get, though. Well – but would you get it right away if you could? I probably not, dude. I'm not like a, I mean, I'm still rocking 11 speed on my mountain bike, man. And everybody's 12 speed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing it yet. I think that I might take, I've got a build of the BMC. And while there's a lot of really good things about it, I heard that it's hard to get. I heard that replay like chains are hard to find and 11 speed chains are, there's supposedly some more, getting in the mix, but those are still hard to find that I don't want to upgrade to something. And then I'll have one bike, 12 speed, one bike, 11 speed, not the end of the world, but I'm trying to figure out in Florida, the bike gets salty. And so I think I'm riding the Venge down here through the winter and then maybe just riding the BMC 11 speed, possibly taking the 11 speed stuff from my gravel bike and putting it on there because damn, I never thought about this though. I have different crank. I have different, I guess I'll have to buy a 54 tooth, but with doing some more crits now, I might let those eat up like the races that I had allocated to maybe doing some gravel weekends. I just, I can't race ever. I can't race four weekends a month. I want to race a lot this year. I think with COVID and also with just life stuff, the moving was took so much more out of me than I had expected. Just being like, where the hell are we this week? Now kind of finally being settled. It's like, okay, I can plan some races. I can plan where I'm going to be and where I'm going to go. And so I was talking to Chris about, I'm like, I'm ready to like kind of hit the throttle again. I don't, I think I did. 
I don't even know how many races last year, 15, 12, whatever. It felt like a lot, but it was just because half the time I was on the run, like in the car for just life. So I'm excited to hit up some more stuff. And so I think that might mean no gravel racing and just a ton of road racing, which I'd be okay with. Um, I'm kind of too far away from gravel worlds. It would be an epic trip out there. And I really need to save that for Masters Nats and any other road opportunities that open up, maybe go up to upstate New York again this summer and see my parents and try and get a race in there. I'd actually just messaged. I'm trying to find out if um, Bristol is happening or no Bloomfield. I didn't see either of those. I've been looking at the New York state calendar. I don't, I didn't see either of those on there. So they switched it though. It's in July now. Bloomfield's on there in black oh, it is? on the draft. Mm-hmm. I still get those emails. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I would maybe come up in July. It's two weeks before Albuquerque though. So I'm really asking for a big driving block. I don't know. We'll see. Dude, speaking of gravel, you got to get into gravel though because now they got the Gravel Hall of Fame. Um, I have no comment on that. <laughs> I don't even know if I should comment on that. I just read the headline, dude. I didn't do any research on DYOR. If... Yeah, I know. I, 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 all I saw was on Twitter, people were like, "Do they realize that there's actually a Cycling Hall of Fame already? Why is there?" My thing is, and Adam Myerson, he's pretty funny on Twitter. He gets he's pretty serious though, also. He had posted, it's amazing how quickly gravel became exactly what it didn't want to be. Couldn't agree more. It's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I like gravel. I want to, I want to preface this with that. I like gravel. I think the events are really hard. I think it is super awesome to go do 150 miles and the race. I, I just, it's very interesting because five years ago when I bought my first gravel bike or got it from DNA, and from Allied, thank you guys for getting me into this. It was very much, I, I didn't like it. They kind of like, road is so elitist and there's so much like road is bad and gravels, man, like come to these races and have a great time. And now just five years later, there's a lot of squawking. There's a lot of people complaining about this and people bitching about that. And this isn't right. And that's not right. And this person's charging too much for reg and we can't get into this race. And screw that person and this person's using arrow bars and this person skipped the feed zone. It's always complaining from gravel. It's never like, yo, this race is going to be amazing. It's rooted. Whatever's charging too much. And I'm like, damn dude, y'all are bitching a lot. And then here's road over here. Just being like, yo, we're trying to get back on the scene and we're trying to like, maybe we'll do some more grand fondos and the crit crit's got its own big bubble going on. And, I, it's sort of maybe that's what some maybe unconsciously I'm like yo these crit people are having fun over there and they're and you know Legion those guys are killing it getting people super pumped about bikes maybe just being a roadie I'm blinded to it uh, and I'm and I and I totally understand the elitist thing that people don't like about road I've always said we need to be more welcoming say hello to the person that looks like they're uncomfortable because they are and because you were that person when you first came to a bike race don't lie. Um, but it's also to play devil's advocate. The reason people are like that is because deep down inside 98% of us are more comfortable 
turning to the person that we know and chatting and then being uncomfortable like hey random person how you doing we're both feeling a little odd, like oh i don't know you i don't know what to see it's not elitist it's like you look at some bike racers at the start line like man that person's probably a dick like screw that problem we're gonna crush that person and you like meet each other through instagram you're like wow that person's awesome like what's up man i'm like never thought we'd be friends and i think we're all just naturally a little intimidated of each other because we're all there to race and compete but the more you just open yourself up and like what's up what's up um so my way off base with that comment or uh i was just dude i was gonna say i had just talked to someone and they were talking about a gravel race and they were like yeah i really wanted to go but i think it's just gonna be too competitive and five years ago that just wouldn't have been the case like it was just like that wasn't what it was about you know it was just it was like go let's go and have a good time and but what i wanted to say on that same point was that i think the local gravel races and even the local road races those are they don't have the prestige and they're not as big, but they do kind of like have homegrown, like let's just have fun, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is different. The larger ones do. I mean, they, there's prize money and stuff. Now it is just a different atmosphere. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess you're right there. Uh, I just, yeah. I don't know. Just, that's just my own perception. I'd actually love to hear other people's thoughts on that. What's your perception of gravel? What's your perception of road? What, what type of discipline are you most pumped about for 2022? Bullet or chapter 53. What are you most pumped about for 2022? Email us questions to josh at evoke.bike or brendan at evoke.bike. And... Yeah, this has me thinking. I don't know. So maybe I'll do a gravel race if I don't destroy the bike. But that's the other thing. Since I lost a shifter, I missed all of last season. And I actually wasn't too sad about it. And to be fair, my gravel bud, Patrick, he just had a kid. We didn't live in the same city. So we really didn't get to go do any gravel races together. And we got, you know, it's kind of how we started. And so maybe I like miss my adventure bud. But Matt does race gravel. I just also, I just love road so much that I think that love is just like, I'm, I'm so thankful that the cup just still feels like it's overflowing and just trying to capitalize on that. And so it makes me want to like, when the fire is burning, I'm like, let's throw some more logs in there. Like gravel's cool, not dissing gravel. Um, but maybe just keep going with the road. We'll see. That's the beauty of the sport, man. Go do whatever you want to do. There are lots of options here, thankfully. Lots of options. And there's so many wild events that I'm pumped for. There's just so many events to do. Uh, yeah. You got anything else? Dude, I got one last thing. And speaking yeah. of events, this just came to me. Because I don't know how far you are from... What's the drive if you wanted to go to Miami? Is it like an hour, hour and a half? Uh, Distance-wise, it's like 30 miles. With traffic, like 50 hours. No, it's probably an hour to Miami. Have you ever thought about doing any track racing at that? Cause I know there's a track there, like right outside of Miami. The thought has crossed my mind. People have told me I should try it. The whole no break thing is probably not great for me. I wish I'd done track when I was 26. When I first started, I think it would have been, you know, bike handling and uh, I'm not against it, but driving to ride. No, I wouldn't drive to Miami to do that because yeah. they're inevitably inevitable. Wow. Inevitably would be during times when there's a lot of traffic and I just don't have time to sit in traffic for sure. So I'd rather be riding on the road here, but good thought. Maybe if it ever starts snowing in Florida, then I will consider it. But 
as of right now, it doesn't look like snow. Ten more years, though, dude. Who knows? You never that global cooling thing. Do you hear about that? How it switched? It's like everything is getting colder. That's what it is now. I told people just to blame Josh. It's getting colder. <laughs> blame Josh. I think global warming is a forever thing. I could be wrong though. I think it definitely is a forever. Th- I can't tell if you're messing with me right now. No, I'm, I'm messing with you. It's just okay. hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will see you in a week and we will try and have to do a live session with the mic. I'll have to test that to see if we can get the room recorded and wear a mask. And other than that, bike radio episode 10. Is it 10? I don't know. We'll find out. 10 or 9? 10 or I don't know. Whatever. We did 9. I know we did 9. Okay. Not very keen on the number 9, and I think I remember seeing that. So we'll check, but I'm almost positive. Signing off. Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Email us questions. Check out the blog. Oh, I forgot to do that, that roll call. <laughs> Leave us reviews. That's what we really need. Happy early birthday, man. Have some cake tomorrow. I'm going to have a dessert for sure. Nice. All right, man. Thank you. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.